see. There we are. Just got in time. Awesome. Hey, look at that. 8.04. Right on time. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 218, your once-weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. That number sounds weirder and weirder every week, doesn't it? Right? It really does. <laughs> I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or on the replay in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, sometimes some Star Trek. All Super Chats are read on the air so long as they will not demonetize the channel. We do drink alcohol on the show, and if you are drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. Last but not least, if you like what you see on the channel and want to help support us in what we do, consider joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to the Discord server where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and take part in the awesome community that hangs out over there. Very awesome community. Yes. Cannot say enough good things about my Discord, and that's not even because they pay me to be there. <laughs> I know. What's sad is I pay for other Discords, and I was like, I don't even spend time in them, or I'll, I'll I spend time in the one I get to for free. Because yep. <laughs> it's like this is more entertaining. It is. It really is a, an awesome, awesome Discord to be part of, and I'm I'm honored to call it mine. I, and I know that sounds just like well he just wants to spend a dollar well partially yes but genuinely i have an amazing time hanging out with the people in that discord so think about joining get in on it uh it really is a good bunch of people all right uh normally i have the co-host introduce their drink first but uh i'm making a cocktail tonight I, again oh kind of felt like a cocktail he did not tell me this yep but but uh, that's cool so I'm it's it's pretty simple. I'm just doing a gin and tonic. Uh oh, so uh gin I'm using for tonight. I have been really digging on as you can tell the bottle is almost empty. Uh this is from <laughs> Stillweather Spirits West Coast Gin. It's an 84 proof and as you can tell by the sun logo, it's a cucumber infused gin. And oh, uh I thought it was like lime infused gin. No, normally <sighs> Like, cucumber is a really hit-and-miss flavor for me. Obviously, I hate pickles. Uh, but uh, cucumber in drinks is phenomenally good sometimes. Uh, so, but this gin in particular has been dynamite. It is just so, so freaking good. Uh, and I'm using, for the tonic, a fever tree. Uh, we're going to go with the lemon tonic tonight. Oh, little tartness. Yep, little tart to go with that uh, cucumber sweetness. Uh, my simple syrup is a two-to-one simple syrup. It makes it a little bit more shelf-stable that way. Uh, and obviously, I squeezed in a half of a lime. We've got a little lime wheel in there. And you got a nice, simple, phenomenal gin and tonic. Well, I didn't, I didn't mm. do anything as fancy mm. as that, so... Oh, this ain't fancy. This is my quick and easy drink. Quick and easy drink. Well, I'm going to go with a quick and easy drink, too. Uh, it's just going to be a little bit darker. It is Breakside Brewing's uh, Salted Caramel Stout. Hmm. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you. So just a nice, uh, it is 
a collaboration with Salt and Straw. If you don't are from the Pacific Northwest, Salt and Straw does some pretty crazy ice cream flavors. Yes. I think they are a couple of, I think there's like one in Texas and California mm-hmm. uh, now, but uh, they do some crazy pistachio avocado yeah. uh, type stuff. Oh, that! And I have my typical head. <laughs> mm. John, my, do, John my, doesn't even try to pour area. it anymore. Yeah, I don't even try to pour it anymore. <laughs> uh, let's see. We've already got a super chat. The uh, traditional start to the show. Uh, Kren, send over five Aussie bucks. Good day, my friend. Good day. How's it going? How you getting on? Uh, let's see. We've got Robert saying howdy, gents. Hello. Necromancer King, hello. Uh, Daniel says, mmm, coffee, as it's still a work day for him. That's all right. I had a coffee at dinner time tonight because I kind of needed one. Uh, hi all the way from, or hi all from Florida. Need an entire damn liquor store tonight. Been a hell of a day. Uh, it's been a week for me. It's been a week that I cannot wait to get behind me. Let's uh, Let's just say that. Uh, yeah. William, uh, has a Finnegan's Dead Irish Poet Coffee Stout, 38 IBU and 7%. Ooh. Uh, John Jay wants to know, uh, hops and brews, where'd you steal the, uh, the chairs from? Your grandparents' living room? <laughs> uh, Patrick says he's going to get him some whiskey. Uh, well, don't leave us hanging. What bottle are you going to yeah. grab? Uh, Michael says new Mountain Dew Spark Raspberry Lemonade. I have not had that one yet. That actually doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. Jeff skipping ahead to Mixology March. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Big Big Spoon send it over $4.99. Thank you very much, Spoon. Uh, follow the gifters. Grow. Wait, this ain't TikTok. <laughs> Happy Wednesday, buddy. <laughs> yeah, uh... Things are things are a little bit different over here on the YouTube side of things. <laughs> Jeff Gearling checking in. Uh, slow mode. I can't spam the chat now. Yeah, you keep the porn bots to yourself, Mr. Gearling. I know what you're doing with your pie clusters. <laughs> He's going to come up with a video just how to, like, spoof. <laughs> Damn red shirt Crap, Jeff and his porn bots. <laughs> <laughs> Good to see you, Jeff. Uh, John Jay enjoying a second galaxy hero from Revolution Brewing, 8% double dry hopped IPA. Novella Hubs got a clown shoes, fight to Bolivia, old age or old ale aged in whistle pig whiskey barrels, 11%. There's the heavy hitter for tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cork Solutions. Love it. Uh, halfway down, a Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA. Next, I've got a Dark Star Imperial Oatmeal Stout. Nice. I think both of us are a little jealous at that one. Uh, let's see. We've got Michael Stevens clocking in with a Revolution Brewing Hazy Hero IPA. Uh, 7.3%. Excellent. And let's see, we'll do one more. Mad Dogs got, oh yeah, Belching Beavers, Deftones, IPA, 7%. It's a good mix yeah. tonight. <coughs> Cheers to you all. John, Cheers, uh, all. How's, uh, how's your street? Yeah. It's pretty good. I mean, I've had this one before. Mm-hmm. 
my sister-in-law gave it to me uh, thinking it was a unique beer. And I was like, oh yeah, that's been around for years. I've had it like, you know, a dozen or so times. Mm -hmm. But I was like, hey, I still appreciate a good free beer. Oh, totally. So I wasn't like down or anything. I was like, hey, I didn't pay for it. And it's a good stout. Yeah. Like, oh, Zach's Tech Turf chiming in. Hey, we've got all the uh, all the tech tubers jumping in tonight. Uh, coffee after dinner is my go-to. Coffee at dinner or after dinner is is a pretty rare occasion for me because um, I I value my sleep and my sleep schedule is uh, screwed up enough as it is. But tonight, are you tonight are you talking coffee? Or are you talking like Turkish dessert coffee or, or cappuccino, you know, that little sip? I, I can do uh, like like a little dessert coffee, like cappuccino or something like that. But uh, in the mornings, I'm a one to two cup kind of guy. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a 16, I'm a, I think it's like 16 to 18 ounces. Yeah, I'm a 16 like ounce. Yep. Yeah, and then like that's it. It, it goes from eight till 11. It lasts. Mm -hmm. um, I just put it in my thermos and I just slowly sip on it. Yep. And uh, by, by that time, it's like 11 o'clock. I'm like, okay. And then I switched to my big water jug. Uh, and then it's water from 11 to the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Gearling says, uh, someone saw my OnlyFans. Hashtag kinky pie. <laughs> uh, let's see. Mozamboni sends over $5. This stream has slowly become a wonderfully dorky and healthily buzzed addition to my weekly routine. Drinking some John Bar Scotch and feeling good. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. No, I. This isn't the most popular tech show on YouTube. It's not the most watched. Uh, in fact, most weeks it probably hurts me more than it helps me. But gosh darn it, if this isn't just fun to do, uh, eventually we'll probably start trying to you know up the numbers and and whatnot. But I really like what the show is, and and what I feel the show is is. It's here for the core audience to just kind of hang out and have a couple of beers on a Wednesday night. So it really, it there is the news aspect to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's all fine and dandy, but it really also introduces you to the personalities of the people on the Discord, mm -hmm. yourself, your friends, your community, mm -hmm. kind of what you're all about. Uh, kind of really shows what the personality of the channel is all about. Yes, um, and also it's a great way to like that stressful week <laughs> i need a drink it's why i scheduled Here's it on drink. wednesdays uh <laughs> so when i started remember um uh awesome hardware was going strong uh jack with jay was doing uh whatever his show was uh two cents yeah jay's two cents was doing his with barnacles when i started oh yeah um there was also land show or wan show on fridays so it's like I was coming into a pretty crowded space and Wednesday was like the only available time slot during the week. Um, uh, Tech Talk was Jay's two cents. Uh, Tech Talk. And uh, yeah, so he did it on Tuesdays. There was another show on Thursdays. Uh, there was, uh, uh, yeah, WAN show on Fridays. And so it's like, man, I, I can't like, step on anyone's toes and try to claim another time spot. I'm going to go something obscure and we'll do like Wednesday late night. Like, yeah. uh, this is the time of night on the West coast when we can start watching the late show with, with David Letterman and, and Jay Leno and what like, cause it's 8 PM here, but it's 11 PM Eastern. So I figured that was a good mix. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of worked out for everyone's schedules and no one stepped on my toes since. So 
Now again, it's not all that viewed because it's 11 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> but, yeah. But it's a fun time. It really is a fun time. And we have plenty of, of East Coast guys that join, that, uh, join in all the time. Uh, There's a lot of guys at work that just put us on in the background. Yeah. On, on the East Coast. Yeah. Uh, and they're just like, ah, I just can't drink. And that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. Um, and or there's a lot of times too, we'll get people, uh, that want to be part of the show, but then they just join, they don't get off work till really late at night. They're on the graveyard shift and they jump on the after show, Yep, which is always, we get a lot of Australians, Australians getting off work and they'll, they'll jump in, you know, Thursday night, Thursday, late evening, and they'll jump on the after show that we have on the discord channel uh and chat with us for a couple hours so it's it's yeah. fantastic uh let's see mozam oh no i already read that one uh we have a 100 rupee uh donation Ooh. uh from shivendra I, I i'm guessing if i apologize if i pronounce that one incorrectly uh yesterday morning was irished up nitro cold brew morning with some jameson cold brew nice I do like a good Jameson cold brew. That... I love making an old fashioned out of that. Yes. Uh, it's, it's not your traditional style of, of whiskey or bourbon to put in, mm -hmm. but that chocolate note yeah. really is a, such a wonderful co uh, a combination with, uh, it's the, bitters. it's the same thing with the, uh, the Jameson stout edition. Uh, yeah. it, it's got that little bit of a oh, that, chocolate. That's what I'm, I'm at the stout edition. Yeah. I'm at the stout edition, not cold brew. Yeah. Uh, both of them are uh, great in old fashions. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Uh, Zach says, East Coast checking in. Almost never late enough, or almost never up late enough to tune in. Yeah, like I said, it's a sacrifice, but at the time, it was the only available time slot. Now I could just, like, choose a time slot, and I'd probably be the second or third most popular, you know, talk show on YouTube as far as tech goes. Uh you know, obviously I've got to catch the WAN show, but, you know, some of my competitors dropped out. So now it's just me. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we could do it, but I don't know. Kind of just been. I've thought about it. Uh, we'll probably. It feels weird doing it on other days. It, it does. Uh, and we might explore a new schedule like come summer or something like that. But I think, yeah. I think I'm just going to let it ride. I've, I've got enough changes coming up in the near future that uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just let the schedule ride for now. Anyway. Let's go ahead and jump into the news tonight, uh, starting with a hilarious uh, side effect of the chip shortage. So we all know that you can't buy GPUs. You can't buy, you know, motherboards and CPUs and, and, and a whole bunch of other parts are unavailable because of the silicon shortage or just because of raw material shortage or supply chain shortages or whatever the case may be. Everything is short right now. Uh, but it's starting to hit some interesting areas. Like we do know automotive. Uh, if you're looking for a new car, most new cars are back ordered by about six months because they can't get in the silicon to run in the infotainment systems or the ECUs or, you know, various different components in the car that they kind of need to make it a car. Uh, well, there, there's one that I don't think a lot of us are going to be all that sorry to see go. And that <laughs> is Canon. Uh, and I'm speaking of, of Canon, the, 
Camera Company, which also makes inkjet and laser printers and is pretty big in the enterprise space as far as that goes, uh, has now been forced to start selling toner cartridges without DRM chips in them because <laughs> they can't get the components to make the chips to enforce the DRM. Uh, so, uh, and by the way, I, I normally don't read verbatim what the article says, but I just love the wording in this article. Uh, printer ink company Canon was forced by the silicon shortage to sell cartridges without the DRM chips used to dissuade customers from using third-party tanks. Accordingly, it is reportedly telling customers how to bypass its genuine ink bullshit. <laughs> it's like, you can't put it any better than that. Uh, we all hate DRM. DRM does nothing but hurt actual customers who have paid you money. Yep. Because if someone wants a round DRM, let's let's take another company that uh, uh, infamously put DRM into a product that it never belonged in. Keurig. Uh, Keurig with their Keurig 2.0s. Uh, yeah. Put a camera into the lid of, of their home brewers so you could only use Keurig approved K-cups. Uh, so what you could do is either cut the foil top off one of the K-cups and just tape it up underneath the camera and leave it there. And then every cup that you brew, it will go, oh, look, I read the same sensor or I read the same, you know, the QR same code every time. Yeah. Weird. Okay. I guess I'll brew your coffee now. Uh, or you could do what I did and take apart your Keurig and snip the yellow wire that leads to the camera, which means it will no longer set a data signal down and it will go, oh, I can't communicate with the camera. Well, it'd be really stupid to stop brewing if I just brewing. couldn't see the camera. So it'll bypass the DRM for you. So now I can use any pod in my K-cup. Uh, and I've since gotten rid of the Keurig entirely because they just ticked me off too much. Uh, <laughs> but DRM does nothing but hurt the customers who already gave you their money. You're not enticing new customers. You're not preventing new customers or used customers from, you know, being forced to buy your product because if they don't want to buy your product, they're not going to buy your product. I, I don't understand the giant fascination with trying to lock someone into a vendor, vendor specific uh, yeah. ecosystem. It never works. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they probably have some stupid formula, some guy in a suit saying we could squeeze out two to three more percent profit, which will increase our revenue by, you know, two billion or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like this is but you're going to piss all of your the people at home that use it. Now, you might be able to get away with it via corporations because big, you know, um, companies will just buy boxes of these uh pods say with mm -hmm. curators or with printers right. inks because they're just going to buy tons of them and they're like look and we're going to charge 30 40 percent more than anyways right and we're going to lose our regular day consumer but the problem is now you get a bad reputation with their everyday consumer mm -hmm. and that doesn't that and then if you ever wanted to go back to that and introduce a new user-friendly home version i'm gonna be like that brand sucks yeah screw that i'm gonna go nespresso for my next one or yeah, you can do what some... I did. You start, you know, you start drinking better coffee and, and whatnot. And you just buy a dang French press for 10 bucks. Oh, and yeah. hey, all my Sir, problems are solved. Nice fine French press. Yeah. <laughs> Ikea, $7.99 <laughs> 
for a French press that literally makes me 18 to 20 ounces of coffee every single day, does a damn better job at it than the Keurig ever did, and only takes me about three minutes longer. Yeah. Like... No, and it's, and it's way stronger. Yeah, I yeah. know. I, I, I never like... It's so much better uh, than... Uh, I never like those pods because mm-hmm. uh, I remember when the Keurig first came out and then I don't know if you remember, do you remember the, there was one that was a disc? It was like a flat disc. Mm-hmm. So we bought, we ended up buying both of them and because uh, we like the Keurig cut better, the original one, because you're able to make your own mm-hmm. and we, we, you're able to get that a little adapter one, but yeah. man, they were just never strong. Yeah. And there's always that setting for strong. I was like, this is the weakest coffee i've ever had i'd rather have mcdonald's coffee uh-huh. and it's better than this yeah i have beers that have more coffee flavor than this in it um so but yeah uh <laughs> i i like how they i like how this article is talking about though it's a workaround to get around the uh, the drm warning mm-hmm. and i was just sitting there thinking so you're basically telling me I'm going to hate printers even more now because I already hate them enough. Right. And now I'm going to hate them even more. Right. You want me to sit there and mess with it? Yeah. Heck no. Yeah. Well, what's really funny is Canon has proven that the reason the DRM is there is just to make you try to buy Canon cartridges because in Canon's press release, again, I'll just go ahead and read this verbatim. We value you as a customer and the constant you and and a constant user of Canon products. Due to the persistent global shortage of semiconductor components, Canon is currently facing challenges in sourcing certain electronic components that are used in our consumables for our multifunction printers. Number one, why is semiconductor silicon and consumable used in the same sentence? Like, let's just, why? It doesn't need to be. Like, if you want to put a couple of sensors in there, like, fine. But there shouldn't be any authentication method. There shouldn't be any trusted handshake taking place. It's a printer cartridge. It's ink. It's a... I know. <laughs> Moving on. I mean... <laughs> it, 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 they're, they went the most complex way. Yeah. I mean, they, they literally could have uh, done the exact same thing as the character of putting a... Uh-oh. Is that me? Is that you? That was you. You your screen locked for a second. I, oh. I never stopped, but oh, okay. I think that was you. Right. I'm gonna blame uh, you. Well, was, I'll just that's fine. Okay. Blame me. Okay. As long as we're on the uh, same page. <laughs> um what was I gonna say? Something printer's bad and they went the most complicated way about it. Yeah. Of, you know, you have a device that usually probably already has the software and hardware and everything for scanning something, mm-hmm. um, mirrors. Wow, they couldn't have figured out a way to just, again, like you said, a QR code or something simple um, internally like that to do. Right. Nope, got to go with a physical chip to do a handshake and need to be powered somehow and just more places to fail. Yeah. Uh, Kren says usually it's an I2C one-wire EEPROM, uh, so no sensors. Yeah, and and I understand that, but there used to be a time when we as consumers would spend $500 on a printer and then $20 on an ink cartridge. Uh, and then we would fill those ink cartridges ourselves. And much like the 
TV and, and movie streaming industry has turned into, they went, well, why are we only taking 90% of the profit? We want 100% of the profit. So rather than allowing you to refill ink cartridges, they started locking down and uh, getting you in line to a single vendor system where they would actually sell the hardware at cost or even sometimes at a loss to get you into their system. So they'd say, hey, look, this printer's $100. Now, if you come from a land of like CNC or 3D printers or something like that, you understand the mechanics inside of a printer and the accuracy required to make it work probably cost more than $100, but they're selling these components for $100 because they can sell the ink for $60 a refill or $80 a refill. And when you buy the printer, it's like, oh, well, I get stuff with, I get ink with the printer. So it kind of makes it worth it. No, you get a starter pack with the printer, which is usually like 20 to 40% capacity. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, they're doing what junkies do. And that's the first hit is free. Uh, and, and then you have to continue buying toner. Uh, so anyway, uh, these components, according to Canon, uh, have, uh, lead features such as the detection of remaining toner level in order to ensure a continuous and reliable supply of consumables. We have decided to deliver consumables without semiconductor components until normal supply is resolved. There is no negative impact on print quality when using consumables without electronic components. Curious. Uh, but certain additional functions such as the detection of toner level may be impaired. So basically they're saying, we're going to set up a nag screen every time you send a print message, but just ignore it because it didn't matter anyway. And, and wait a second, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, it'll, if it does come up previously, then it's going to sit there and say, you can't print because you need to change your cartridge, even though there probably is enough ink in there to do a couple more pages. Yes. Or if, <laughs> now again, the article does, or, or, or you're, 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 your your blue your magenta is low but i'm only doing a black yeah <laughs> so you can't print god what is that comic is that the oatmeal or who who did that one where uh it's the gun to the the user's head the, the printer is like i'm out of i'm out of cyan and uh it's like well this is just a black print job i said i'm out of cyan <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> okay okay be cool man be cool uh yeah and the article does point out that while Canon at least lets you bypass that message, at least they're not as draconian and overbearing as HP is. Where HP actually makes you, uh, they they not only block ink cartridges that do not have DRM chips on them, but the ink is region locked. So you have to buy it from within your region like <laughs> it's a freaking DVD. Oh, sorry, you have a Region 2 printer, so you have to source your ink from the EU. <laughs> what? <laughs> Man, good thing I never hooked up my printer to my VPN. I'd be screwed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know yeah. that. That's, that's, a, that's a stupid joke. Uh, <laughs> just tunnel your printer to another region. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Just like the Xbox and PlayStation, the money is in the games. Yeah, they've gone back and forth. Both companies have on uh, selling you hardware versus software or software versus hardware. Um, 
Because remember when the Xbox 360 came out, it was faster than most gaming PCs at the time. Like it was the equivalent of a near top tier gaming PC as far as the performance resolution and everything else that you got out of it. Now the PC industry caught up within 12 to 18 months, but for a time for 399 an Xbox 360 was one of the most powerful gaming machines that you could buy. Uh, and the PS3 was right there along with it. In fact, I think the PS3 was even slightly faster. Uh, but it was also yeah, six ninety nine and came with a Blu-ray uh, player. Yeah, and it was the cheapest Blu-ray player too. Yes. At the time. Yeah, because, because Blu-ray players were $1,000. Exactly, yeah. So people were buying up Blu-ray players. Uh, mm -hmm. They were buying those up, PlayStation 3s up faster because... Uh, what is it? They, uh, Xbox was a HD DVD. Right. They went. Yeah. They had. Uh, that. But it wasn't even integrated. It was an add-on drive. Yeah. Exactly. Which was I think was like hundred dollars. Hundred bucks. Yep. Yep. So, anyway, uh, who said it? Who said it up here? I see it. Uh, Spoon says, hashtag print at work, hashtag FDRM. Yeah, FDRM. D in, with DRM, it's only the customer that loses. It's not pirates. It's not, it's not illegitimate customers. It's not... If I were a printing company, I would sell the printers at a modest rate. You know, cost plus, let's say, 15% or something like that. You know, not, not the highest rate. Sell your ink at a reasonable price and go, if they buy ink from us, they buy ink from us. If they don't buy ink from us, cool, they're still using our product. And Well, yeah, that's the thing. And I if mean, it's a if reliable it, product, maybe that'll you, entice if, them to buy more stuff from us. I know. I, I would almost sit there and say, mark your printer up a bit a bit more. You know, you do the 20% 20, 20 mark, that's fine. Yeah. But if your ink is a 50% less... Mm -hmm any corporation or anyone in our business that has any halfway decent skill of brain or math knows yeah. that I got to sit there and do this. It's going to be cheaper over time to buy this printer. Yeah. Actually also would be even better is a good user interface <laughs> on a printer. That's impossible. You'll never find that. Uh, you just brought up a host of bad memories for me. Uh, so I have a Samsung printer at home. Uh, I bought it because it was one of the most affordable uh, color laser printers that you could get. It was about $200 for the printer. Um, it's a low-duty cycle printer, but I'm a low-duty cycle household when it comes to printing things. Like, I use the printer like four or five times a month for like shipping things. My wife will print out uh, fabric patterns and, and tape them together using that printer. Um, and it's nice to have color coding on that for, for different things. Uh, but... We do maybe 200 pages a month, like a month. And that's higher than most people do. The problem is when you have an inkjet printer, if you don't use it, the ink will dry up or the heads yeah. will clog or any number of things will happen. And then you're left with a $100 printer, sure, but you're buying $80 ink every time you want to refill it. Uh, whether it's empty or not, again, HP, looking at you, uh, <laughs> so, uh, the Samsung printer, I bought it. I don't remember the model number, sorry. And we'll get to why the model number is, isn't important here soon. Uh, 
the Samsung printer, the toner for it is only $75 for a four pack. So it's the black, cyan, magenta, and, and yellow. Uh, and uh, it does easily 2,500 to 3,000 pages. And so, <coughs> you know, once a year or once every nine months or something like that, I buy another set of toner cartridges for it. And it's been fantastic. And it has Wi-Fi. And it's not just like, oh, you can connect to it and then print. It has client Wi-Fi. So it will connect to your access point and then act as its own print server, which is fantastic. The interface for which is absolutely bass backwards, and whoever invented it should be like drug behind a truck because it's some of the worst client configuration I've ever had to deal with in my life. Uh, secondly, Hewlett Packard bought Samsung's printer division from them shortly after I purchased the printer. Uh, so now Samsung doesn't host the drivers for the printer. HP only hosts their fully integrated driver package for the printer. Uh, which means you have to download all of the HP call home BS for it. Uh, so luckily I, I keep a copy of every driver for any device that I've ever owned on my server. And I had the drivers from when Samsung owned Samsung printing and managed to install it on all my PCs and I can still use the printer. But if it was HP, I'd be locked into their ecosystem again. It's like, it's exactly why I went Samsung. Rant over. Oh, all right. Uh, we How's that cocktail treating you? Fantastic. Is it almost gone, though? Little lemon, little Is... lime, little cucumber. Oh, you still got it's it. delicious. Still got it. Well, see, mine, mine I, I came as a bomber, so I yeah. was like, I'm probably going to be uh, still sipping on mine when you're done. Well, um, I didn't get my beer into the fridge until, like, 6:45, and so it's in the fridge oh. right now. But I might, I might top myself off before diving into the beer. We'll see. <laughs> well, I mean, if it is a big beer, it's always good warm. It's only it's only a seven percenter, so it it uh, needs to okay. be cold. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You need that cold. Yeah, it's it's a double dry IPA. It needs to be cold. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that needs to be cold. I was like, my I got stout, so I was like, yeah. I'm doing a, I'm doing a stout day. Nice. Oh, you're doing double dry hot January. Yep. <laughs> or whatever <laughs> Wednesday <laughs> or as I call it a Wednesday, Wednesday. <laughs> alright there is some graphics card news I feel like I have to cover this even though no one's interested uh, I, know, I know I know it's so dumb so the RTX 3080 just to add to the current skew confusion of the RTX 3080, RTX 3080 12GB, RTX 3080 Ti 12GB, RTX 3090 24GB, RTX 3090 24GB Ti, which has the exact same number of CUDA cores, just slightly higher memory bandwidth from 19.5 to 21. If you hadn't guessed, the RTX 3090 is getting 12 gigabytes of RAM. Uh, of, 3080. Of 3080 Ti, excuse me, um, is getting... 12 gigabytes well, of RAM the, of GDDR6X. Yeah, or, just the 3080. Sorry, I keep saying TI. That's what you're... Yeah. I thought I said 3090 twice. Yeah, yeah. RTX 3080, not TI... <laughs> not TI. ...is now getting <laughs> essentially the same 12 gigs that the 3080 TI got of GDDR6, but slightly cut down CUDA core from what that one is. Like, in NVIDIA's 
ever-going quest to occupy every $50 slot in the graphics card market. Uh, they're doing quite well now that the most expensive graphics card is selling for $2,700. Uh, yeah. So that they found a hole in the market, and by God, they're going to fill it. And I love how it's this article states starts around seven hundred dollars. <laughs> My ass, if I could find one. <laughs> uh, I think the actual retail price that I've seen of this is somewhere around thirteen ninety nine, which sounds yeah. more <laughs> double that price, baby. <laughs> it's not Thai for everyone in chat. It's TI. Do you know why? Because the NVIDIA GeForce 4 TI was the NVIDIA GeForce 4 Titanium. TI being the elemental abbreviation for Titanium. It has been TI since before most of you were born. So don't give me this bullshit. I have never seen TI before. TI is the TI. Yeah. Capital T, lowercase i. It's pronounced GIF. It's pronounced T-I. No, it's not. It's pronounced GIF, and it's pronounced T-I. Well, I don't see an E at the end. Like, if you're going to use the GIF, GIF argument with me that, like, <laughs> well, they'd spell it some other way if it was soft. Well, they would put an E on the end if that's how you were supposed to pronounce it. If they were going to change it from T-I, titanium. And by the way, if you're talking about titanium and you're a chemical scientist, and I talked to Ian Cutrus about this, and if someone knows about it, it's probably him. You don't say, yeah, I was working with some Thai the other day. No, you say T-I for titanium. <laughs> it's funny. You're still wrong with the, about the GIF. <laughs> well, you just said GIF, so there you go. I know. That's what I said. You were wrong about it. Yeah. It's GIF. You're wrong about Jeff. It's GIF. It's fine. <laughs> I forgive you, Jeff. I forgive you, Geff. It's okay, Geff. Was that a rant? You're darn right it was a rant. <laughs> and you know what? The same argument goes for GIF versus GIF. The original creator from 1994 who created Graphics Interchange Format He's said, no, you get to name your own creation. It was his creation, and he says Jif. And it was the dancing baby Jif before anyone else was born, John. I remember the dancing baby, Uga Chaga, Uga Chaga. And you didn't call it a GIF back then. You call it either the I... dancing baby video or the dancing yeah. baby Jif, because that's all and, there was. And soci society has deemed it otherwise. Society has changed it to be GIF. The overlords of society... <laughs> yeah, it's not peanut butter. <laughs> the 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 damn TikTokers have changed it over to GIF. Like, like first they ruined our language, and then they ruined our social media platforms. Like, <laughs> I I wouldn't even say it's still the MySpacers. Yeah. Uh, it was my friend Mike, or was it Dave? Uh, to all those saying that gift is the closest English thing. <laughs> it's not. Um, this is a fantastic gin and tonic. Gin is actually the closest familiar uh, thing to it. You're both wrong. It's pronounced PNG. Yes. <laughs> I like Novella Hub. It's, it's, it's John, not John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, 
Yes. Uh, it's Jin. Sorry. Jin yeah. is the closest phonetic word to Jif. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Well, that's fine. <laughs> anyway. NVIDIA launches an RTX 3080 with 12 gigabytes of GDDR6 with a slightly faster uh, memory bandwidth that you're not going to be able to buy. It uh, doesn't matter. It came out or it was announced yesterday or it was supposed to be available yesterday. It's not in any stores. Who cares? Don't even, who cares? Yeah. Uh, it's a slow news week. Yep. Yep. Oh, wait. It's, it's got more power, though. It does draw 30 watts more power. Right. It, it's for extra mining performance. Yes, it's for that uh, your your Nord VP. Wait, wait! Or, I thought they nerfed Ethereum mining. <laughs> it's for your Nord antivirus. <laughs> Norton. <laughs> Norton, yeah. yeah. Your, didn't they start doing uh, Ethereum? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Norton started mining. Yeah, they started mining Norton coin or whatever the bloody hell they're calling it. Yeah. <laughs> So you can you download their uh, antivirus and you can mine their coin at the same time. Mine their coin for them. Yes. You don't get it. It's their coin. <laughs> yeah, it has that for some BS. You know who will never crypto mine on your hardware and your time? Today's video sponsor, Linode. <laughs> if you've ever thought about hosting your own servers, whether it be for home or business use, but you don't have the resources or time to invest into hardware, power, cooling, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes most of the tutorials you've seen on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS server, VPN gateway, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode also recently announced they are the first alternative cloud provider to have NVMe block storage available to all customers. In September, they began rolling out NVMe drives to all 11 of their global data centers. Best of all, storage rates will remain at the same low price they always have been. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing to get a $100 60-day credit when starting up a new account. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing, and thank you again to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you, Linode. Thank you, Linode. For not using your enterprise GPUs to crypto mine on my behalf. <laughs> we appreciate it. But by the way, you can get enterprise GPUs on on Linode uh, up to RTX 6000s. Like, Ooh. good cards. <laughs> really good cards. And I need to find out what they're doing with them when they're done with them. <laughs> You're like, trust me, I'll I'll put them into a server. I'll repurpose them some right. way. I'll make I'll make a sweet gaming. Oh, server I can rig. use them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, free sponsorship on those videos. Yeah, yeah. If you want to sponsor a video, Linode, like, toss me three RTX six thousands when you're done with them. <laughs> we should talk. All right, we do have some beer news. Uh, we do have some beer news. Yes, nothing, nothing too big, but there's uh, some local stuff. This, this about. one I feel is kind of big news because of who's involved. Uh, so Ninkasi 
Sorry to cut you off there, John. I'll, oh, that's fine. Go ahead. Uh, no, Ninkasi, uh, one of Oregon's largest breweries and one of the largest independent breweries in the country, uh, down in Eugene, Oregon, uh, is getting into the canned cocktail market. And they have brought in Portland mixologist and cocktail enthusiast extraordinaire Jeff, Jeffrey Morgenthaler. Uh, basically, he's written the book, and I mean the book, on modern mixology. Uh, so the fact that they're bringing him in has me really excited. It's not just, you know, the Anheuser-Busch guys throwing, like, well, people expect... yeah. Well, let's make a Jack and Coke. Like, everyone likes a Jack and Coke, right? Are we actually going to use Jack Daniels and Coca-Cola? No. <laughs> no. Well, okay, what I, what most most of these canned cocktails usually are, not these, but most of the ones that we always see, yeah. are the basic cocktails. Yeah. What these are exciting are original-style cocktails. Yes. They're, they're not your typical, you know, you usually see lime gimlet, you see the, the rum and coke, you see an old-fashioned whatever you know these are no these are different flavors these are something he made jeff came up with in style to work with this yes um and the other part is they're not your typical five percent no they're actually coming in at a big hefty imperial 8.3 to nine percent yeah so uh a pretty nice there's a there's one's called a bourbon renewal um it's um Morgan Lantern, uh, Clyde Commons, with a lemon and black currant Ooh. liqueur. So again, these are twists. Yeah, he's doing something. Them a gin, a gin Ricky, uh, which is a uh, classic cocktail. Which is a classic cocktail. It yeah. is, but it's not a typical one you would see. Right. Uh, it, it's not. It's not the one that usually. Set, it, this isn't a, a bottled old fashioned. This isn't a uh, a Manhattan again, or a Mai Tai. You'd, you'd probably see a gin and tonic. Right. Right. And you'd see, we well, you know, oh, it's got a lot of lime in it. Right. Uh, a, a gin ricky fizz is is a very unique drink that it's called a fizz because it, it creates this enormously thick head on top of it. Uh, and it's delicious. It's this uh, lemony, ginny uh, cocktail that's usually served in a highball glass. And it's great. It's a great cocktail. Now, it, it's the other one that's kind of got me interesting, the agave palm, palmana. P uh, Paloma. Pal Paloma, Paloma, sorry, thank you. The agave Paloma. Mezcal-based Paloma. The, yeah, oh yeah, the, the pepper. That would be, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a Mezcal-based cocktail with citrus sodas, grapefruit, grapefruit peel, and a hint of jalapeno. So it's I got a little bit idea. of a bite to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I the, again, it really strikes me as these were thought out. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm hoping too that these... Um, Oh, there's another uh, a tiki style rum and a ginger honey vodka. Yeah, Collins. Which so kind of still typical, but still very. I'd love to try the ginger one. It was really speaking to me. Yeah, but these are going to be very local to us. Yeah. So hope I'm hoping. Uh, you know, I we can all pick up a pack or something like that. Yeah. I can do a review. We can have them on the show. I I'm that's what I was really looking forward to. These. I know we've talked about the other ones. And they're kind of hard because Oregon usually doesn't carry even the bigger brand ones because yeah. we're just like, we already have so much good beer and <laughs> right. spirits. Why do we care about Jim Bean cocktail in a can? Right. We don't. Uh, the, the, the Jack and Colas, uh, they were in my grocery store on an end cap for about a week. And on the second week, they were in the clearance aisle. 
for yeah, like a exactly. dollar a bottle. Uh, I mean, people and would people go still spend... they were there for two months. People still didn't yeah. buy them because of what else was in the beer aisle, and that's just my local groceries. That wasn't the bottle shop. Yeah. So uh, that's what I'm really excited for these to come mm -hmm. out, and I'm hoping we should uh, <clears throat> see these. Now, I don't believe Ninkasi, though, is distributed on the East Coast. So I know it is uh, at least Oregon and Washington and probably Northern California. I don't know how Southwest it goes. Yeah. I don't. I, I might have seen some, like, Tricera hops or something down in, like, L.A.-based. Um, but I've seen... I've seen some Ninkasi in the Midwest. I've seen it show up. Um, both myself being in the Midwest and then also people that have tweeted at me and whatnot. I, I see it pop up occasionally. It's it's usually, like you said, they're kind of their mainstay stuff. The the Tricera hops, the Dawn of the Red. Um, oh, okay. Here it is at the very bottom. So Oregon, Washington, Idaho, California, Nevada. Okay. That's where these cocktails are going to be, or cans are going to be distributed. Gotcha. So, and there are 60,000 of each being made. Yep. So technically that's actually a limited run. Yeah. I I do, to, to kind of circle back, I love the idea of doing the canned cocktails, but bringing in Morgan Thaler to head up the project. Um, no one understands mixology like he does. Uh, we're lucky to have him in our backyard. Uh, but like you kind of touched on right at the beginning of this, most of the canned cocktails and, and bottled cocktails that come out, they're like the Jack Daniels and Coke. That was a Jack Daniels run product. That wasn't even Jack Daniels in that. That was like some yeah. malted underpowered variant of Jack Daniels that kind of had some of the same hints, but it was like diet Jack Daniels. Well, like, it's like they used that, uh, artificial, you know, whiskey flavor stuff that people would put in home right, brew, that, and they just put it into a malt liquor and soda. Th that was two oak staves and some Everclear with some RC Cola. Like, that wasn't yeah, a Jack and lucky. Coke. Uh, but, if you bring in someone like Morgenthaler, he understands... Oh, I think we lost John. Did we lose John? We lost oh, there we go. Back. He's back. Alright. When you bring in someone like Morgenthaler, he understands that in a can, things are going to age. Things are going to mature differently. We cannot have those ingredients spoil, but I'm also not going to just go for like this weird, bad malted beverage because that's what yeah. most of them end up as. And that's why they're bad. Uh, so the article goes to point out that he developed the drinks with certain rules in mind. Quote, the ingredients need to be real and unspoilable. They must be carbonated and must be kept under a certain proof. So if you get them over a certain proof, they will actually continue trying to eat themselves away. So you, you have to keep them in that eight and a half to 9%. Uh, if you're doing a cocktail now with beer, there's way to ways to preserve it and stop the fermentation process. But if you're using real fruit, there's still real sugar in there, which means, things will keep eating. Uh, yeah. Things will keep eating and pooping out alcohol, and then you get splody cams. John knows a lot about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if you stay right about in that 9% range, you can have a pretty reasonable shelf life on these things and still use actual lemon and actual lime and actual cherries and, and all the different fruits and grains and hops and everything else that's going to go into these. 
Um, the honey and ginger one, like you said, kind of has me really excited. Like that's a fantastic flavor combination that you only ever get in fairly remote and unique craft cocktails. Having that available in a can, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I, I am too. I'm really hoping, especially again, because we're here in Oregon, you know, they're literally an hour away from us. Yeah. Um, that we get, you know, first dibs at it. Um, uh, I, I'd love to see these in stores. I'm because I don't know where they would be. I wonder if these might have to be liquor store only, but they are in the 9%. I don't know quite where these technically fall under. Um, I don't really remember seeing too many of the canned cocktails in our local grocery store or even bottle shops. I wonder if they might be liquor store only. Yeah. That might be the weird spot for these, especially being sold in Oregon. You know, we have that weird alcohol selling. You have to go to the government-run liquor yeah, stores. Yeah, if, if these are... Yeah, the thing with Oregon is they actually... They have stipulations on what can be bought in non-state-run liquor stores, and it has to do with the process of how the alcohol is made, not necessarily yeah. how much alcohol is in it. Yeah, um, so that's why I'm wondering, like, where these will be distributed, because... I think this would sell very well in bottle shops. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to be in bottle shops, unfortunately. I, I think they will be because we've seen other similar products. Now, not not necessarily, but I mean, we get all the seltzers and we get four locos and things like that. And yeah, 17% on a malt liquor, you're starting to push some boundaries there. But that is a malt liquor. And because these are cocktail based, right. And how much malt liquor is being used depends you know, on where uh, the spirit comes from, and yeah, that's that that's kind of what I'm thinking. But I'm thinking because it's Ninkasi, they're part of that Oregon craft beer distribution, the, the one that was trying to break free from mm -hmm. all the big ones. I'm sure they know what they're doing. I'm sure yeah. that they have their distribution plan already in place. Yep. Um, so. I could always just reach out to them. I'm pretty sure I still have an email contact. Yeah. Be like, hey, where are they from? Sounds like fun. <laughs> so. I should get Jeffrey Morgenthaler on the show. <laughs> there you go. Have him make cocktails. <laughs> Teach me, oh master. Like, I'm not but, bad, uh, but I am not Morgenthaler. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> I'm about six books shy. <laughs> I'm six books and 30 years shy on his experience yeah uh speaking of cocktails mm -hmm. and this is something a lot of breweries are doing nowadays mm -hmm. is making some spirits uh you've probably seen my channel have been mocked multiple times with the paps whiskey uh there has been the rainier gin um i'm surprised budweiser hasn't come out but uh, a stout I actually really like, and a brewery I really like, Left Hand Brewing, yes. and their Nitro Milk Stout, which I find is a very fantastic milk stout. If you're yeah. looking for an upper-class Guinness, yeah. that is an upper-class Guinness. Uh, they are coming out with a whiskey, two years aged, made from the grains of that milk stout called Sinister Whiskey. Um, just like it sounds, it is a 24, uh, it is distilled from the grains, the leftover grains mash mm -hmm. of their, uh, nitro milk stout. So there's actually no nitrogen. It's just the grain build. Right. Um, they take that, distill the leftover mash down and age it in 24 months, which 24 months isn't that big of a deal. 
it's so it's probably still going to be kind of it's it, it's it's young yeah uh they have to call it malt whiskey this is not an american whiskey uh american whiskey you have to be three years um it's not a bourbon because the grain bill is the grain bill i guarantee is under 50 percent of any of the major three grains wheat barley or rye uh and so or corn is in there as well um yeah. but uh yeah so Honestly, at 24 months, you could produce a pretty decent whiskey as long as the grain bill is solid. And we know this makes a pretty good beer. It does make a really good beer. So I, I'm thinking it's going to, I would imagine this being young tasting, but have a really strong chocolate note. I would hope you so. Know, yeah. Uh, I would, uh, to me, I would almost sit there and think of, like we were talking about earlier, the um, castmates. Mm-hmm the Jameson um, Stout Edition. Probably something similar along that flavor profile. Um, I get, I'd love to love to see if I can find it. Um, it says it comes with chocolate fig uh, and creme brulee notes. Yeah, right. But that's what they say. <laughs> I'm a creme brulee fan. If it's in there, so, I'll dig it. Uh, yeah, uh... Oak barrel, honey, apricot, caramel flavors with chocolate fig and creme brulee. Uh, honestly, if that's what it winds up as, I'm going to probably be a fan of that one. Uh, I, I just hope it's not, um, what is it? I got the uh, Southern Tier Pumpkin Whiskey, mm. and that was so overly back-sweetened. <laughs> yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. And I really hope they didn't try, I would almost prefer them doing a straight here's just the flavors yeah of the grain right uh with some spirits you can get away with with uh with back sweetening uh with adding a little bit of sugar after the the distilling and and watering down process uh it, i don't think it does well with whiskey it just doesn't you can do it with rum because you're distilling from sugar you can do it with some gins although it's kind of frowned upon uh you can't do it with vodka because vodka should be neutral. It's it's not an unknown process, but and I'm not being like a, a whiskey purist here. Like if you yeah. can find a new flavor and if it's good, I'll I'll probably drink it. Uh but the flavor profile in whiskey doesn't lend itself well to being back sweetened. Yeah. No, it does not. You you want to add your own sweeteners to it, mm -hmm. if anything. You want to let the whiskey shine through. You want to let that wood, whatever wood you use, the charring process, you want that to shine through the grain bill. Mm -hmm. um, that's basically it and let it stand on its own merits. Uh, and, that, and then recommend mixing and blending styles for this. You know, if it's not a good straight whiskey, admit it, honestly. If you admit that this is not a good straight whiskey and say, this is a great thing with these recipes, I'd probably buy it then if it was at a decent price. Yeah. If you're selling me like this, it's good with this, but not straight. Yeah. You know, so. Eric likes to point out that I love you both, but hearing you talk about whiskey hurts. Um, okay. <laughs> like we don't, why? I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Is it, is it like you want more, more tech, more beer? I'll talk more beer. Uh, I think he's implying talk... that we don't know what we're talking about when it comes to whiskey. So I'll, 
I'll just ignore the 25 bottles of whiskey that I have on my shelf and the... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I, yeah, I, I have like at least a dozen over there. Yeah. I'm not, I know like big connoisseur. I know the basics and I know distilling and I know a lot about beer, which is there's a lot of similarities to it. So... Like I said, I, I know more about spirits than I do about beer, and I'm pretty good at yeah. beer. <laughs> so. But the, bet between the both of us, <laughs> we're good on both ends. Yep. All right. Let's put that one to bed since Eric was done here, and let's talk about it anyway. Let's get into... Yeah. Uh, John, how's your beer? Uh, it's, it's 9 you o'clock. There you go. Okay. Uh, so I kind of topped myself off, so why don't you go ahead and uh, open your next one. All right, my next one is uh, a little bit bigger. It is Alaskan Brewery's 35th anniversary Russian Imperial uh, beer. Mm -hmm. Russian Imperial Stout with birch syrup and wildflower honey. I think it's only coming in at around 9%. So it's a bit big, but, you know, nothing like, you know, bourbon barrel aged yep. style. Big Big Spoon wants to know if someone said whiskey. <laughs> Jack Daniels is not whiskey. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I actually kind of taste like the the break side, but sweeter. Yeah. So I like it. I dig it. Yeah. I don't know that I've had too many breakside stouts. Uh, most of what I get from them is like sours and IPAs. Yeah, usually I get uh, most of their IPAs, their standard stuff, mm -hmm. you know, um, I'll get because uh, usually have the, the big high balls or something like that for cheap yeah. at the store. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just in the mood for an IPA. Yeah, 250. There we go. That, that'll work. So, yeah. Sorry. One sec. I need to text the producer. Bart says, I bet you guys would love to travel to Belgium. Yes, I would. Uh, Absolutely. Although, you know, we don't really need to because we live very close to one of the very few um, Belgian monk monasteries. Belgian Abbey. That yeah. Belgian Abbeys that actually brews traditional Belgian-style Abbey beers. Yep. Um, so There used to be two of them, to... but now there's only one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm really upset the second one left. <laughs> yeah stupid covid killed my the most amazing belgian brewery uh that, that most that trapel was the God. best <laughs> although you said you had uh you said you had one i did uh that was really good I, was it from jason or no, no someone no. gave it to you yeah no that this was uh gosh I'm, I'm gonna need to go back and look at the shows now um, yeah, because you you had it wasn't I wasn't on the show. Yeah, I think it was and Rhett, you had it because I yeah, and you were just like drooling over it. It was the best Belgian beer I've ever had, like bar none. Yeah, and I I don't <laughs> even remember what it was, but I need to look it up because I need to get more of that. <laughs> uh, let's see, Harley is having a 2019 Big Batista Chocolate Rapture by Epic. I think didn't we have that recently? Or we had we had a couple of Big Batistas. Mm -hmm. A few shows back. Um, I have that exact bottle in my fridge right now. I'm pretty sure <laughs> the 2019 too. Big Bat Baptiste. Yep. I, I have quite a few of theirs. Um, I have I have the Chocolate Rapture and I have the 2020 Peanut Butter Cup. Yeah. Yep. I, I honestly, I, I stopped 
they came out with so many variants uh this past year i was like i can't keep up i'm not gonna try and my fridge is full <laughs> <laughs> i i will save my money for the more expensive stuff it, it seems that it's coming down to like because those are like 20 bucks a bomber 22 bucks a bomber and my fridge is so full that like now i have to i uh, figure out between space and is it worth my money or the flavor so it's like okay that beer's 20 bucks, so I can get like probably two or three variants, but that's going to take up this much space. That beer's 60 bucks, and it's only coming in in a 12-ounce bottle. Yeah. But it's like 19% four years bourbon barrel-aged barley <laughs> wine. Yeah, I think you're going to go with that $60 one. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're kind of weird because, <laughs> God... Even like John and I can't go to beer shops together because we will try to outdo each other. Oh, uh, we, there's a video, old video, old video. It's a great <laughs> video of of us bargain shopping for aged beers. Uh, we both left with two hundred and fifty dollar tabs, and we left with like eight bottles each. <laughs> yeah, it was it was bad. <laughs> that was awful. Uh, I mean, it was amazing. It was a great beer. Yeah, it was my wife was rather upset. Uh, Mogdog says mid show appreciation. Keep up the great work. Guess I have to change my name to Mad Dog. Yeah, my bad, my bad. I, I read his name wrong at the beginning of the show. I remember that now. I will try to keep Mogdog in mind. All right, uh, Mogdog. So does that make you one quarter man and three quarter dog? He's three times his own best friend. Uh, love you, Mr. Candy. All right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, this next topic is going to get a little bit heavier. Uh, it's not a topic I necessarily like diving into, but I feel that it's one that I need to address. Um, it's past nine. Yeah, it's past nine. Uh, now I don't think there's really a problem with this, particularly in my audience. Most of my audience is pretty cool. Uh, you all seem to be pretty great people for the most part. At least the people who are on my Patreon, which by the way, link in the description, go check it out. Chat with myself, join the community. Uh, but there was a, there was a post done yesterday afternoon by G4, uh, which by the way, G4 TV rebooting, I'm here for yep. it, uh, by Frosk, uh, one of the new co-hosts of, uh, Attack the Show or X-Play? It's X-Play. X-Play. One of the new co-hosts of of X-Play. She is a journalist who has something like 15 years experience, I want to say, in the industry. And, uh, you know, basically grew up watching... G4 and Attack of the Show and X-Play and and everything else and wanting to be a a game journalist and reviewer and whatnot, finally got the opportunity, made it, made it through and, and is now sitting on the big couch, uh, alongside Adam Sessler. Like she's proved that she knows her stuff. She brought up a great point, uh, on, on X-Play the other day, uh, that, we need to talk about sexism 
and video games. And it's not sexism in video games. It's sexism in alongside video games. It's, it's the misogynistic nature of video gamers, gamers, the gamer bro. You all know the gamer bro. It's usually the, the PlayStation owner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Xbox guy. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our sides. Uh, it's, it's, it's the gamer bro. It's the Call of Duty bro who, if a woman says it, it's inherently worth less than if a man says it. Uh, she brought up the point that the reviews on X-Play are written by a team of people, half female, half male. Like, it is a totally collaborative effort when writing the reviews. And when she's on camera and saying, we think or I think, that is what is written in the script. That is what she and the writing team have put into the script to reference us as the reviewers think of this game. I feel, I think, I do, I did this. If Adam says that line, Adam gets called a genius because, well, number one, he's Adam Sessler. Uh, but uh, number two, if she says that line, Everyone questions, well, do you even play video games? Do you know what you're talking about? What makes you qualified to do this? Yeah. How, how is, you know, I, I loved that game. How dare you attack my favorite game? And stupid woman, get off my screen. Well, uh, yeah, no, I, I totally agree that the, this, this subject is, I, I don't, I don't, I know we can talk about just games for this subject. I yep. don't think it just falls in line with just games. It does I think it falls in line as a broad category. Yeah. Although at the same time, I, I, I think even that example too falls in line with a lot of things it, because media stuff is portrayed a way of like these type of shows are portrayed like these guys are just going off the cuff. No, no, there's a teleprompter in front of them telling them what to read. And and in um, most cases, they either wrote it themselves or they sat in the writing room and approved what was written. Yeah. They are still not, not right. Anything that even if they wrote it themselves, it got approved by someone else. Mm -hmm. There is there is it has to go through an approval process. Well, well, um, well, I would say it, it's even deeper than that because even if she wrote 100% of the things herself, she is still more than adequately qualified oh, yeah. to sit on that yeah. stage and deliver a game review and and have it sit up there with everyone else, if not above everyone else, uh, as far as an authority on what a game should be and what a game should not be. In, in, well, yeah. In all honesty, too, when... I, I don't know about you, but I personally hate when I see reviews on games, TV shows, movies, any kind of entertainment, pop culture things, mm -hmm. and everyone's saying the same thing, mm -hmm. I, I immediately then call bull. Mm -hmm. You know, that I, if I had a superpower, I'd love it to be bull man. You know, just walk around like bull, bull, you know. Yes. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> um, and it's when I hear two opposing sides mm -hmm. and then they talk to each other and like, oh, hash it up ah, I like this. Yeah. I want to see more of this. Mm -hmm. And then I start respecting both sides. Right. And it's like, oh, I see your point. Oh, I never thought of it that way. That's a good point too. Oh, this, this, and that. That's good. Mm -hmm. 
if you if you're watching something that's just sit there and is every reviewer this is the best we'll just go with this game ever honestly i wouldn't believe it yeah. you know it, it's too good to be true now that's what she is talking about though is true is going on um there's a lot of other things she talked about that is yeah. also true but uh that's not the subject we were talking about right now uh so yeah it's uh, also internet and gaming trolling is a huge uh, as i'm talking my set in the background is falling off <laughs> wonder who built it tile tiles are falling <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, well, uh, these are these are floor tiles, and their their adhesive is not uh, strong enough uh, to hold its own weight up after like the <laughs> third level. So, um, anyway, little staple sorry. gun needed. Well, yeah. sorry, I was like doing this. And I'm like seeing it fall. Yeah, I heard I'm one glad. fall. <laughs> I'm like I'm like looking back here, like please don't fall on my head. Um, <laughs> I'm open now. Please sorry. do. I know. <laughs> sorry. sorry, it's going off of the point that I was going to make. Um, but uh, um, the game industry too. I mean, how often are there just stupid idiot trolls that are constantly doing that? And it, it really does ruin a lot for people. Yeah. Um, it, it's really hard to say because you always want everyone to have a voice. But then there are idiots that purposely do it for their own personal pleasure, which then can get under certain people's skins. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Um, and and this is not unique to the gaming industry. This is not unique no, not. to, unfortunately, really any industry uh, yeah. that I, I want to say is male dominated, but this happens in every industry everywhere uh, that some some arrogant male will perceive a female as not knowing as much as not being as good as they are as being inferior to someone else uh i mean i've witnessed people being passed up for promotions in in positions where they were obviously the superior to someone else uh mm -hmm. i've uh you know i've i've talked to friends fellow youtube reviewers who get all this bs misogynistic crap thrown their way because they happen to be female. Uh, you know, uh, Skull points out, uh, it, it runs rampant when people can yell from their couch or keyboard with with some an uh, anonymity. Uh, yeah, uh, Novella Hub says keyboard warriors, yeah. It, everyone in, in a field, if they're, I don't care what you are, if you can show your worth to me and your value, that's all I care about. Mm -hmm whether however male female whatever race i don't care if that's you know yeah. you're good at this job that's what i care you're good at this job yeah. i now i can also understand say a particular you possibly say for like a video hosting thing you could be the most knowledgeable person mm -hmm. there are probably people that are more knowledgeable about video games than she is but they might not have the personality. Mm -hmm. That's just the thing. They just might not have the personality. Um, there are other criterias, but I do believe what you're saying does happen, but then there are also sometimes a lot of people that cry wolf because uh, they'll do things. Yes and no, but but even if someone cries wolf, and and what I will say is it's actually kind of 
proven false that there's a lot of rampant inaccurate accusals of, of sexism, misogyny, etc. I mean, let's just look at the gaming industry as a whole right now and what's going on over at Activision Blizzard and and some of the backlash we're seeing to G4 that, you know, Olivia Munn and, and uh, Morgan Webb are not back and said, like, who's this new chick? I don't know her. You know, yeah. what's she got? You know, all of a sudden she has to prove herself again when none of the other hosts do. Like, yeah. that's inherent misogyny because all the other male hosts either returning or brand new just kind of walked in and we went, Hey, you know, another guy. Yeah. He knows video games. Awesome. I'll listen to him. And then yeah. Frost turns up and they're like, who's this, you know, who's this woman with, with nose piercing and, and the pixie haircut. I'm not going to trust. What does she know about video games? Yeah. And it's bullshit. Uh, and, and so it, it's hard for me to say there are false accusations out there that, that, that they're, there are people crying wolf that honestly, I think there's not enough people speaking out uh, and that this happens a lot more than we think it does. Uh, I, I, I think it does. Uh, un- I, I think it does. And I think the people that it truly does to should speak out more, I guess. Uh, I would say there actually probably needs to be more of a thorough investigation into it. Well, what what uh, what she? Because I think what, the, I I think the investigations are done are are aren't thoroughly done, and then they're just swept aside. I I think that is sometimes the case, absolutely, and and there, for instances of of sexism, sexual assaults, everything, those all take time, but they need to be followed through, and consequences need to be dealt out. Yeah. Uh, you you look at the Great. the CEO of of Blizzard who has his name in the papers for all the wrong reasons, yet is still the CEO of Blizzard. Like, why? You know, your your job as the CEO, as the chief executive officer, is to be the face of the company, is to guide the company morally, financially, ethically, everything else. If, whether or not it's accurate that he's being accused, which, by the way, there's multiple accusations, not just one, yeah. and usually where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh that the fact that the all-male board of directors is going, no, we're going to stand by him, kind of speaks deeply to the company culture over at Blizzard. Oh, uh, yeah, I, 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 I agree. I agree with the Blizzard, but it, it's, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to say... With Frost, uh, she was specifically addressing fans of G4. Uh, yeah. And, and so it wasn't like company culture. It was gaming culture as a whole. It was... Yes, and- well, I, and and that's unfortunately it's so huge of a thing, because I guess that was my point of like the underage trolls and people just getting their rocks off, mm-hmm. doing stuff like that because they're in their mom's basement and they don't have any friends and they want to sit there. Their only pleasure in life is to see that person squirm because they sat there for thirty six hours, but you know, built a bot to go and spam the crap out of them with all these horrible messages. Um, you know, that is a culture that for some reason they sit, they, they get pleasure out of, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't agree with any of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I believe you and I agree in the whole, like, you know, let's just talk and you can disagree. I disagree, but it's fine. We can find some common ground. We're still friends. Hey, let's go play a game together. We don't care. You know, 
let's go have a again similar to this <laughs> let's go have a beer together that's cool we can just talk it out yep uh you feel this way i feel this way yeah. great let's hear each other's opinion yeah. um but this this type of crap literally it is crap when someone does something to this type of a host mm-hmm. or person you know it's it's horrible i don't want to see it i don't like it um being even just the two of us on youtube how many shitty comments sorry for the word but do we get mm-hmm. Uh, that's it there. You don't know what you're talking about. You're an idiot on Twitter. I don't know anything anything about whiskey. Sorry, Eric. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, uh, half the time, even, even the, you retweeted, um, my, uh, uh, the, the hardest beer, the strongest beer. Yeah. And someone sat there and fought us of like, well, that's not even beer. Yeah. Dude, that's, don't, you don't need to bother about that. Right. Just it's entertainment. Just enjoy it. You know, I'll go on Reddit and I'll post my videos and people mm-hmm. will mock me or ding me for the slightest thing I might have gotten wrong or, or said, well, technically this is this. And similar to your videos, I've seen very similar comments where you're wrong and you should have just done this and you should have just done that. It's like, there are trolls literally online um, that, for some reason i don't know why they get their rocks off doing this type of crap now there is misogyny in the workplace like you're talking Mm -hmm. about um there 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 is truly that stuff i'm not trying to deny that i i don't think that's what she was talking about though like you were saying no what she was talking about is is the keyboard warriors at home uh who will hear a a game review from from adam sessler yeah. well-respected multi-decade gaming video gaming journalist reviewer etc uh and they'll go oh adam thinks this about the game i'm just gonna you know believe whatever he says even though frosk wrote that damn review that he just read yeah exactly like, like but then if it comes out of frosk's mouth all of a sudden it's well what are your credentials that, that's what I was, I was uh, coming up with the point. Uh, Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Do you think all of those comedians write their own jokes? Oh, no. Exactly. Yeah. And we sit there, and even the oldest ones, do you think Will Ferrell, Dan Aykroyd, all the big classics, you know, Eddie Murphy, they didn't write those jokes. Now, we find them hilarious, and we sit there like, they came up with those on the spot. No, someone else did. And then what happens is that writer then tries to break out and either becomes a star on some other show or maybe gets gets on to be the acting. And we're like, who's this new guy? He's an idiot. Yeah. He's dumb. His jokes aren't funny. It's like, you have no idea what that guy wrote. Yeah. You know, half the stuff that you laughed for Eddie Murphy, that guy wrote or yeah. whatever, you know, blah, blah. Name a comedian, you know, yeah. I'm just saying. And yeah, it's very similar to this. It, it, so it's 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 dumb, very stupid. Uh, but that's what I was saying is I I want I I love, I think everyone should be looking to find that yin and yang balance of reviews and and discussion. Mm-hmm. If someone says they don't like it, and and then someone says they do, read the person why they don't like it. Read the person why they do, and see why. Don't just sit there and take it at face value of like, well, I don't like that person. That, and so because they said they didn't like it, I don't I don't like them. And the person I like for 15 years says they like it and I worship them. That guy is so famous now. He doesn't do any research. He is just a face. Mm-hmm. 
understand that. He is just a marketing face. Well, that well, sometimes, but there are different avenues. And I, and I want to say G4 is much more akin to YouTube than standard journalism that you see on TV because it's actually like the nightly newscast. You watch the 6 p.m. news. The newscasters are reading stories that were written by anyone but them. Yeah. They they are just reading the teleprompter and they are the they are the well-spoken face that can deliver the news with whatever inflection needs to happen. That is their job. They, they uh, are the anchor man. Right. <laughs> they might be fine reporters in their own right. They're not that's not the focus of their job. The focus of their job now is to be a pre, a presentation personality. Yeah. Um whereas someone like me who is a YouTuber I'm also doing the camera work, the script writing, the research, the 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 troubleshooting, the building, the assembly, the editing, like all of it is is me. And so when you yeah. see craft computing, it's a hundred percent a little less so yeah. now that that I'm I'm outsourcing some of my editing, but it's a hundred percent me. And so if you don't yeah. like craft computing, you can just take it up with me because it's me one hundred percent. Uh, but if you're yelling at your local newscaster for a take that they have on a story, they didn't write that. Yeah. Now to circle back, G4, every game review that goes through X-Play is the main gameplay may be assigned to one person where one person has to sit down in a chair for 12 to 15 hours over three to four days, like each day. Uh, and go through the game, come up with a synopsis, write up your review. What do you like? What don't you like? What are what are some of the things you can, can you see yourself playing this long-term? Did you enjoy this? Did you not enjoy this? Are the mechanics good? What about the graphics? They have to think of all of that. However, they will take all of their notes. They will then go to a writing room where they will round table it. And the other people have done like eight hours of gameplay on their own. So they at least have some general idea, idea of, of what the game. they're talking about. Yeah. And they will round table the entire story that will be condensed into this five minute game review yeah and so everyone gets a voice in that but then either frosk or adam sessler are the ones ultimately delivering it now sometimes they're the ones doing the primary playthrough sometimes they're the ones doing the eight hour but they all sit in the writing room together the presenters the writers everyone else so when you see someone on g4 they're more than just the presenter. They're they're not just reading the teleprompter. They're not just there to be a pretty face. They're there because they freaking earned their spot and they, they freaking know what they're talking about. Yeah. They have the qualifications. They know more about video games than you ever hoped to. Like everyone wants to be a game developer or a game tester. No, you don't. Yeah, just, just no, because you, you play 30 hours a week of Call of Duty doesn't mean you're as good or qualified to talk about all video games. Right. Like myself, I'll just give you this little analogy and then I think we'll move on. Uh, that I love video gaming. Love video gaming. Always been a computer enthusiast. Always had my own little niches that I explored. Uh, love enterprise networking. Love enterprise servers. Love all that kind of stuff. Um, do you know what sucks about starting a YouTube channel about it? I don't get to do it anymore. Yep. <laughs> uh, like I started the YouTube channel, not really to focus on enterprise server stuff because I did that professionally, but I also wanted to get into PC building and and 
you know, hardware reviews and consumer reviews and things like that. Still highly interested in that, but unfortunately for the last two years, the market has been absolutely terrible. And so I can't get the hardware to review. And even when I do, no one cares because they can't afford it anyway. Uh, that being said, I do have an amazing 12900K build coming up. Make sure you're subscribed. <laughs> You're going to like this one, even if you can't buy it. Like, this one's going to be cool. I saw a preview. It's pretty sick. Oh, God. It's pretty awesome. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I was like... This is I a white glove build. Like, yeah, oh, it's it, going to be it's, good. It's um, cool. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, so, this one's going to be good. But I love. I still love tinkering with hardware. But now I tinker with hardware that I actually have to have an end goal of and, and write a story about and put that yeah. story onto a teleprompter and then say those words into the, into the camera. And it doesn't suck the enjoyment out of it, but I can't necessarily tinker just for tinkering's sake anymore. I can't sit down yeah. and play a game anymore without thinking about That's benchmarking or reason. like, yeah. like I get, and even now, like I get maybe three hours a week to actually play games. Oh, oh, and I, and that yeah, is I, that is three is. and a half hours more than I had before I quit my job. Like, no. like I am thankful for those three hours a week that I get now. Uh, oh, I know. But it's like I got into it because I'm an enthusiast. But now it's the one thing that I can't do because I just don't have time to do that thing anymore. Uh, no, uh, well, the, yeah, it is. It's 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 so odd. Every time you talk to someone about, we'll start a YouTube channel about what you love to passion, mm -hmm. and then it ends up being when you do that, that passion turns into like, Oh, it's now your job and it's no longer your passion. Now you enjoy it. It's, it's again, very similar to you. Like I love the, the, the owning the tap room and talking about beers and everything like that. And then now I found like, I have my fridge full of beers. It's like, well, I, I probably would not do a review of this salty caramel stout because like, yeah, it's been around. It's nothing that special. Who cares? Uh, whereas the one I did was, uh, I did a, uh, with my new studio, the, the first two reviews I did, uh, were a corporate seltzer release and then something interesting. Mm -hmm. And I had to sit there and do that while I'm buying beer or looking at beer, not to drink. Mm -hmm. And it, it kind of does put a downer on this thing, uh, this hobby I used to love and love talking about and doing, I'm right. just not caring. I... But now I'm like, I have to plan this out i do the same thing when buying beer at the store because i used yeah. to go like oh i'd like to have that one so i'll buy that one beer and i'll put it on the shelf well now if i want to share that beer with everyone else and have it on the channel i like to have the beer before i have it on the show for a review because i, I will <laughs> i will think about what yeah. i'm going to say when i'm on camera because when i'm on camera the beer review is not scripted it is whatever yeah. I get right there. I open the bottle. I do very much the, a similar beer review to what you do, John, where I will open the beer. I'll give you my my aromatics and first impressions. I'll do a mid-beer review and an end-beer review. Unless yeah. I can sum it up in one, two, or three. Like um, If it's really bad. <laughs> right. Like if it's, if it's awful and I'm going to dump it down the sink, like I'll give it all in the first two minutes and go, okay, we're done. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, or sometimes I'll go, you know what? This one needs to breathe a little bit. I'm going to let it sit here and then I'll... Like, here's the I'll intro, here's the it. aromatics. I'll give you everything yeah, at the end. Um, yeah, go to the end of the video, you'll enjoy it. Right, but um, it's all off the cuff. It's all yeah. with with a little bit of prep work, but it's all off the cuff, not scripted. Um, but I have to think about when I'm at the store 
am I going to review this beer on the channel? Is it going to be on one video or is it going to be on an episode of Talking Heads and a video? So if I buy a four pack, usually what I do is one to drink beforehand, one for an episode, one for like a regular video of craft computing, one for Talking Heads and one to share. That is give to someone else or or have like a, a month or two later. Yeah. Um, what if I buy like a rare release bottle though? Do I open that and enjoy it, or do I share that one? What or if I spend? I save it? What if I spend twenty eight dollars on a bottle of Deschutes twenty twenty one Abyss Reserve? And it's got to sit in my fridge, and that's taking space up now. Right. And so I bought two of those bottles, uh, early December. Well, uh, we had a little Christmas get together with uh, with my brother in law, so he came over. And uh, I opened the bottle of Abyss. I went, it's a bomber. It's 14.5%. Let's drink it. It sounds good. It was delicious. But now I have one bottle left, and it's like, well, now I can't have it on Talking Heads and in an episode. (laughs) Yeah, well, there's that. I mean, well, it's probably the very similar thing with uh, uh, Computer Parts 2. How many uh, times can I show something? How many times can you show something? How many times can you reuse this? It's like, you're not going to be uh, reusing a build on like, oh, I'm going to use this same GPU or or processor for this motherboard. Oh, this motherboard has the same processor as the previous one. Well, that's not the point of a lot of your videos. Right. Uh, That's not how you're designing it. And yeah, so it does suck, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it it is kind of fun. There is a passion behind it. Honestly, I I got one for as low as I am. I'm not the greatest, you know, two hundred plus thousand subs you are, Jeff. But uh, <laughs> I got a, I got a really great compliment, and I, I liked it of some guy. Oh, right. I right. I was never friends with. Uh, he he did not friend me on Twitter or Instagram or anything like that. I got tagged randomly on an Instagram story. And it was a guy who apparently in San Diego was called the up and coming non-alcoholic beer reviewer. Yeah. And he gave claim to, I got into this because of Hops and Brews. I really liked what Hops and Brews was doing when he did his non-alcoholic month. And I loved his take in all of his beer reviews, but especially like his focus in non-alcoholic beer. So I figured might as well jump in. I might as well jump in. I was like, that is, that, that's, I told like my whole, it was so funny because uh, like a few days before that uh, was my son's birthday and family was over and um, um, S- Steve and his wife and some of the families are doing dry January. Mm-hmm. So good luck next week with Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I can do a dry week. That's <laughs> oh, no, I got no I, problems I, with so, that. So I helped him out yeah. and I went, I went and I was like, Hey, here's all of my favorite and my family was asking, well, how was, you know, doing a month? And mm-hmm. I told them all about it. I said, I, I didn't do it for health reasons. I, I did it for the people who were struggling or I, I took it as an aspect of this. Am I a recovering alcoholic or a person who has diabetes or something who has to give up alcohol? Right, right. Um, and I took it at that face value for that month long. Mm-hmm. And that's how I did the month. And uh to date i think one of my two of my top five videos are are non-alcoholic ones mm-hmm. so uh i have like a, a thirteen thousand and a ten thousand view of mm-hmm. the number one if you go google search budweiser zero review i bet mine will be the number one google search mm-hmm. um 
So and, and it was so funny. I went and looked the analytics of one of my videos and in January just spiked. <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. I know what um, you're looking for. Yeah. So, but that, that's, I totally right. I, I was, I want to hit those type of people to introduce So, like, here's, you don't have to live a life of, if you did like craft beer, you mm -hmm. can, or cocktails or something, here's what you can do. Right. I also really like what this channel tries to promote is look, we do like drinking, but we don't sit there and like promote, go get drunk. Right. If, if we don't you want drink. to drink. We don't fat boy drink. We don't sit there and, and for rat boy drink a frat rat. Um, uh, maybe I fat you know, boy drink. Huh? <laughs> we don't, we don't beer bong our beers. Right. Uh, we do like to talk whiskeys. We do like to talk bourbons. Um, you know, uh, and if you are drinking non-alcoholic or recovering, we encourage that. We, I, have I like, love seeing ginger beer and and cranberry juice and yeah. gatorade and mountain dew just as much as i enjoy seeing you know a clown shoes 11 percent stout when we're reading it, off beers yeah. in the beginning of the videos it, it's, I love that. it's great i also really love again back to the discord community of all the multiple channels we have even in the beer food channel that we have mm -hmm. it's highly encouraged yeah. of like hey you got this this is awesome. Let's talk about all the cool workarounds. Oh, you're struggling with this. Oh, you, you, you're, you have, uh, I'm just going to go with like diabetes or something like you. So you can't drink this. I've tried this and I really enjoyed it. What do you think of this? Mm -hmm. There's a great discussion. If any type of type of that discussion and open community you guys are looking for, it's a great join the discord. Literally it's a dollar a month. That's fantastic. Plus there's car stuff, entertainment stuff, jokes, um, uh personal talking head section so if you get a little crowded in the chat mm -hmm. there's a private chat that we get to see um so if you <laughs> want to talk to us you know that's right minimum of a dollar net guy chimes in with five bucks by the way go subscribe to net guy he uh does some pretty great content on his own uh anyway thank you very much for the five dollars net guy's awesome uh is a megabyte 1000 kilobytes or 1024 kilobytes uh Technically, one megabyte 24. is 1,024 kilobytes. One yeah. mebabyte is 1,000 kilobytes. Uh, or 1,000 kibabytes, more specifically. Uh, they are different methods of counting byte sizes. And you can wind up with wildly different numbers the higher you go, because it's an exponential difference. Um, well, not, ne not necessarily exponential, but it's a, it's a factorial difference that's pretty extreme once you get into counting 500 gigabytes and you know especially multiple terabytes that's often a uh complaint that people have with uh TrueNAS is TrueNAS being based on BSD and now with uh TrueNAS scale being based on Debian their counting system has always been in kibibytes k-i-b-i-b-y-t-e-s not k-i-l-o-b-y-t-e-s uh and so it's 1,000 bytes to one kibibyte, 1,000 kibibytes to one megabyte, uh, 1,000 mebabytes to one gigabyte. It's a weird counting system. It, it doesn't roll off the tongue, uh, but it's base two versus base 10. And so instead of, yeah, I'm not gonna break it down, I, but I, I just love the fact that you knew all of those numbers, and I remember you, you'll tout off your photographic memory, but then you're like, "Yeah, I don't remember the model of my printer." 
<laughs> I remember I the model care. of my printer. <laughs> I'm just trying to be relatable, John. <laughs> uh, someone did say, though, uh, you know, the net guy, he's, uh, I heard from the grapevine from him. He's trying to do more live shows on a Tuesday. He did a 30-minute live unboxing. So, guys, go check out the net guy. He's John's an awesome guy. Quality, quality stuff. Yeah. Uh, super fun personality. Really go check him out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, printer's a C430W. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey. So uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to bring up some Star Trek. Uh, yeah, we got 15 minutes left. Have... Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. You probably haven't. Uh, I haven't. Uh, I, 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 I caught a glimpse of the trailer. But have you caught or seen any of the um, Star Trek prodigies? I have not seen any of the prodigies. I did. I did catch the release trailer, which is like the sixty-second trailer. Um, so, so episode. I caught an episode seven trailer. Okay. Which has Enterprise D bridge. I I saw a screenshot of that. Yes, that's what I saw. I and though the trailer I saw has Ohura, Odo, Spock, and uh, Dr. Beverly Crusher mm -hmm. all in it. And so I think I need to catch up yeah. to watch. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to need just, to... Just to watch that. Yeah. Because I saw some guys reviewing uh, the trailer. Well, how I saw it was guys reviewing the trailer, and they were comparing it to the actual Enterprise D bridge from TNG mm -hmm. and how they were like, it's blown out of proportion. It's too wide. It's like, I don't give up. It, <laughs> it's still Enterprise D. And they're like, the chairs are technically right angled where the original ones were actually curved. It's like, he's a fanboy. They do understand the difference in art style between live action and stylized cell shaded 3d right yeah like it's a thing so uh but i am i am curious uh that that really got me like i kind of want to catch up yeah now because that one i, I want to see i want to see why that's there um i again it is a a very kids campy uh -huh. you know uh thing but man to see the enterprise Campy in and of itself is not a bad thing. No, it's, it's really not. not. Some of the greatest so, jokes in Star Trek are campy AF. Yeah. And uh, Worf writing a poem to Jadzia. There's nothing on that it, yeah. pad. <laughs> I think it was Maul. It was, it was mocking me for my like of discovery, which I said, no, no, no. Discovery season three, which is still better than it's like saying it's still better than all the uh, prequels to, or new Star Wars releases. Yeah. So it's better than the Matrix 4, Rhett. <laughs> or John would say. But yeah, I think I need to go. Uh... <laughs> yes, I wear sunglasses at night. Yeah. I am just like Neo. Now, put on Rage Against Machines. It's mostly because his past is so bright. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, his future, not so much. <laughs> oh. Oh. Sorry, John. 
Uh, which Dax have was to look at the Jeff? Which Dax was better, Jax? Obviously, Jadzia. Obviously, oh obviously, my gosh. like I, I now. I, no, have wait, an, wait, wait, wait. I have an appreciation for Esri, but it's only one-seventh of what I have for Jadzia. Like, <laughs> you know, she was only on one season out of seven. Yes, like, I get it. Okay, just just making sure. Um, yeah, obviously Jadzia. And screw Rick Berman for... Rick Berman did a lot of good for Star Trek in the 90s, but Rick Berman was also a misogynistic dick who didn't... who shouldn't be in the workplace. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, see, there was... Uh, who was the... Speak, the like, speaking of, like, the misogynist male-dominated attitudes of, like, gaming reviews and TV producers, like, let's let's just throw Rick Berman under that bus, shall we? <laughs> NetGuy says, don't get me started about Matrix 4. <laughs> I think there was also a Deadpool reference when where he said to Picard that he looks like Professor X. <laughs> anyway, you were saying something, John? Oh, no, I was I was gonna say uh, I forgot what was the uh, what was the host before Jadzia? Uh, Curzon. 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 That would that would have been. See. I, so what, uh, Picard starting, isn't it next month? Yeah, it's February 7th, I want to say. Yeah. 7th, 10th, something like that. Two, when's that coming out? Uh, release date. Yet to be confirmed actual release date is what Blah. they said. Shame on them. Uh, it is I coming thought... in February 2022, so sometime next month. It'll All right, be. so February. I, I thought it was February. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I would probably admit end of february okay yeah excited for oh i bet it's probably because we're mid-season right now of discovery so yeah okay yeah they, they that's what they probably have to do uh, if you need, looking forward to that yeah if you need any more proof about who was best dax uh look at season four episode one way of the warrior when they introduce Worf onto ds9 um so that's a three-part episode, by the way. So it, it's actually season four, episodes one, two, and three. Uh, but uh, great moment where Worf is on is in the hollow suite and he's doing a Klingon sparring program and he's got a bat lift and he's beating the crap out of this hologram. And Jadzia walks in and says, I thought you might uh, might have gotten bored with fighting, you know, uh, holographic opponents. And he goes, it would not be a, ver a fair fight. So Jadzia goes, don't worry, I'll go easy on you. Like, Jadzia was best Dax. Well, yeah, because, again, she was... Well, Ezri was technically Curzon and, and Jadzia, too. Yeah, but she... God. Ezri was the entirety I, of Jadzia's experience, I, yet I, Jadzia is still better Dax. That's how much better Jadzia was than Ezri. Uh, yeah. I, well, it's because... The whole and again, screw Rick Berman. Yeah, screw. Well, they 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 ruin symbiotes and discovery too. But mm -hmm. whatever. <laughs> there's, there's a whole. Jadzia was awesome. Mm -hmm. so that's fine. And Terry Farrell, uh, Nicole DeBoer, to both their credits, amazing human beings in their own right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's fine. It's but Jadzia was better, Dax. Yeah. 
the thing that pissed me off most about the Jadzia being was Rick Berman forced her out and then replaced her with like this this like the shoehorn storyline of like yeah Jadzia was on a thing or Dak the Dak well, symbiote was on its way back to Trill and it went critical and I happened to be a Trill crew member so they just stuck the symbiote in me like well okay that's you know what's really crappy that's what they did on discovery yeah and and, and so that's it's even worse well they were like i'm only half trill Mm -hmm. and and it's like somehow it merged with me and it's like that's impossible but what i hated worse was then in the last season of ds9 there were too many episodes to just go to that Dax and try to like, oh, we got to develop her character. Right. It's, it's, it ruined the season because you're in the middle of a freaking war. Right. <laughs> well, the war was kind of petering out. And so it, it was Peter, but it was, it, this, it was, and it wasn't because there were still the missions to where like Worf was missing and, and yeah. she had a vision to go find him. So it, anyway, yeah. it was petering out but it was still like it was it was just a weird and a lot of bad episodes in nine but a lot of great episodes too yeah yeah i uh i mean season seven was still extremely strong but there's a reason when i say name a better you know stretch of star trek or even television in general than seasons four five six of ds9 and i don't include seven is because seven was a letdown because of rick berman pushing out jadzia yeah. And then replacing it. And all of a sudden they've got to do like seven story building episodes to build up Jad or Ezri's character. Ezri, yeah. For yeah, the exactly. last season of only 25 episodes. Like, yeah. yeah, she's a great actor. She's a great character. But you're about four seasons too late to do that. Like, Worf was the last add-on. And he should have been last man in, last man out. <laughs> well, I mean, and yeah. it. it... Well, I guess with Jad he kind of was, but... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, we're, we're close enough to 10 o'clock. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I, I will. Yeah, it was kind of a dark. I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking, but whatever. Um, I, I do. I'm looking forward to uh, Picard, though. Did you hear? So there was there's confirmed confirmation that Riker is supposed to have a big spat with Q. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I I am curious. I really hope the one thing I wasn't I didn't like about the new Picard trailer was that uh I really like the dystopian future, but then they're like, let's go back to 2021. Really? That's what you're doing? Yeah. That's that's not gonna age well, guys. Don't do this. Don't do this. I mean, that that is that it was the the Voyager going back in time uh couple episodes where um what's that female comedian where Tom Paris falls in love with her? She's in uh Oh, right, right, right. Uh I mean, what Gosh. what didn't Voyager do with the? But yeah, so uh, with temporal anomalies. But uh, I, I mean, I just they hope... lost an entire year. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, Year of Hell. Year of Hell is an amazing pretty... episode, it's, but again, it's, it's, it's two great episodes. Yeah, Year of Hell is the most character development they ever did on the show, and then they went, "Yeah, we're just going to erase that." We're just going to kill. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But I, I Sarah Silverman. I just, I, Sarah Silverman. Thank you. Um, when she was young, unknown, yeah. kind of unknown. Uh, but I really hope uh, there's not too much focus on, you know, I hope it doesn't go episode one, episode two. We're in 2021 or in the 2020s. Yeah. And then it's eight episodes in that. And then the ninth episode. Well, unless they, they, unless they want to go with the 2024 uh, bell riots. I mean, we're we're kind of halfway there. You know, exactly. So it's like, what are you doing here? I don't, I don't don't know. I would have almost preferred of like (laughs) they're in the dystopian future and they have to figure it out. Zachary says lost a year, but got a new Harry Kim. Also still an ensign. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, I really hope though there's supposed to be a lot of new references to older characters and I, yeah. I would love to still see like not even Enzo but just like Lieutenant like he he never got to Captain Lieutenant Junior Class yeah exactly he, he's got the you two know? pips but one of them still black he's got the, but yeah it's like he never got to Captain <laughs> he's like screw this he's in gray hair yeah he, he's he's still the, the bridge you know quasi quasi science uh engineer kind of guy uh the bridge really didn't have a science officer that's kind of the role that seven of nine took over when she started um and they're like yeah you can just kind of stand behind the captain that's cool uh you you get a screen that's this big uh but harry kim was kind of like that's normally a science position but it was like science slash engineering so it's kind of weird i know well really all he did was like sensor sweeping yeah that is like well oh, he yeah, did sensor I, sweeps I, and he did general maintenance and and he was the damage reports kind of thing yeah <laughs> although that should have been Tuvok, but whatever yeah you know that's what Worf did anyways yeah <laughs> well Worf went to command i mean good for well, him well oh, i was saying in in um uh tng yeah he yeah he went from he was head of head of security he would tell damage control or damage reports yeah uh probes sensor well no uh, uh data would do sensors so so before he took over for yar because tasha was the head of security and the tactical yeah. officer uh he was kind of the sciency engineer that stood behind her and then when she died he was promoted to tactical no, he officer. was up in front he was navigation oh that's right that's right he was he was a red suit yeah I for yes, you're right. Yes, he he was he was in front. He was he was next to Data. Yeah. Before uh, Wesley, so it was, it was uh, yeah, yeah before Wesley. Yeah. Before and Wesley so and I then guess... before uh, uh, Rolaren. Yeah. Yeah. So I like Ro. Ro was fine. Ro, I I liked Ro Rolaren. Yep. Yeah. Uh, have we dived deep enough into the Star Trek Esoterra for people to stop complaining that we never talk about Star Trek, even though I say it in every intro? I know, right? Uh, but, that's why I thought we had to do it. Like, we're getting oh, into specific oh, bridge duties of, of characters. I, I, I <laughs> so missed it. I was so bad. I was so mad at myself. Uh, I wanted to buy you a gift so hard for Christmas. And I, I literally like kind of punched myself for not buying it for you was the Tom Paris Yo, that would have been amazing. <laughs> and I was like, I need to buy this for Jeff and he needs to put it in his background. Yes. Oh, I totally would have hung that up there with I was pride. Like, that would have been the best Christmas present for him ever. <laughs> uh, John, did you see what I bought this week? No, I did not. I, I got to put this up on screen. So there's a little right. story and I think we'll end with this and it's also Star Trek okay. related. 
So I was maybe about 10 years old, um, had, had gotten my first computer in my room. That was, that was my computer. Maybe a year before, maybe about nine years old. I got my first computer. Um, it was a Macintosh LC two. It was my first computer. Um, anyway, this was about 1994, 1995. Uh, there happened to be released by Paramount Pictures and Star Trek. Uh, the Star Trek compute PC accessory pack. What this was, was a keyboard, a mouse, a monitor bezel with like an L cars display around it, a mouse pad and a weird purple shuttlecraft that was actually a floppy disk caddy. Okay. Okay. So cheesy nineties movie or, you know, TV show tie in horrible quality, but, uh, I got one, I got one of these sets for my birthday one year. Oh, okay. Um, I'm, I'm okay. Just follow me. Okay. All right. But this was a PC only set. So the keyboard was a PS2 and the mouse was a serial and neither of which oh. would work on a on Macintosh. Mac. Right. Yeah. So my computer in my room was a Macintosh and my parents weren't going to put all of my Star Trek stuff that I got on our fancy new 486 DX2. Oh no. It's not going to go oh, there. No. Uh, and so I got the kit and I don't remember what happened if I got it like in multiple pieces because I seem to remember getting the keyboard and mouse separately. And then I also got the bezel and the mouse pad and the, and the shuttle thing. Um, okay. I remember my parents either gave away or returned the keyboard and the mouse because they wouldn't work on my computer and they weren't going to use it on theirs. So for years, I had an incomplete set of Star Trek accessories uh, on my computer. I had the monitor bezel uh, around my Macintosh LC2 and later... Uh, on that same 486 when my parents retired that and it went to me. Uh, but I never got to use the keyboard or the mouse. Oh. Well, I'm shopping uh, some random auction site. Not eBay, even. Uh, I was shopping some random auction site earlier this week. So, some random Chinese wish.com site? No, no. I'm not going to give away my source, though, because <laughs> I don't want the source to become too popular because you can still get some good deals on it. You can't get, like, server gear, but you can get, sometimes you can, like, snipe really low some, some electronics and old gear and stuff like that. Offerup.com. <laughs> it's kind of. Uh, what showed up was a brand new inbox. 1994 TNG PC accessory kit. All right, what does this look like? I, I will have it on screen momentarily. Are you ready for okay, this? Okay, all right, let's. Let's let's I have ooh ooh brand new inbox on this not used oh look at that pad yeah baby. the mouse pad I had the mouse pad oh. I had the shuttle and I had the monitor bezel which fits a twelve Wait. to fourteen inch CRT ninety four are those mechanical then the the keyboard they're they are membrane um okay. I'm pretty sure they're membrane um and the mouse is a serial mouse it's a DB nine connector it's not even a PS two. Uh, um, and it's a ball mouse of all ball mice. Like, uh, please, please use that as your everyday driver. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to put it on my retro rig. Cause, oh. cause I wanted a non 104 key oh layout. My, look, look at that. 
Look at that L that whatever that card in the background. I was like, the Enterprise looks so badly done. Oh, it, the warpage. It, it it's embossed and but it's it's like at such this weird photography angle that the saucer is ginormous and then it's like this little tailing section oh. with the nest cells like this. I mean it's the, horrible. The little that I the little I can see, it looks like the Enterprise C. <laughs> It is the D. It is the D. I, I know, but it looks like the C. I know. It, it looks like a perfect circle, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, it's just photography, but it is embossed. It is in 3D. Uh, and the monitor panel actually held up fairly well over many years of preteen abuse. Um, but uh, this set showed up on the auction site. And I think I bid like $15 on it. And then I immediately got outbid. I went... I'm just going to wait until the last minute and I'm going to snipe this with 20 seconds left and I'm going to put in a number so absurd that no one will beat me. Oh. Uh, so... It was like 50 bucks? Uh, I put in 65 bucks. Okay. Uh, I want it for 26. Oh. I want it. It's on its way. Oh, man. It'll be here next week. Oh, wait. The, the, oh, okay. I see the shuttle thing. Okay, yeah. that's a, it's a CD holder. It, it's a, th- or, or, it's a three or, and a half floppy holder. holder. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Isn't that the most amazing thing? Oh, that oh, you know oh, that is almost print, thirty years old, brand new in box. Print three D size disc. Oh yeah, but then but no 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 to make it uh, you know how you put it together and to make it look like a shuttle. Oh, I probably could. Yeah, yeah. that would be cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, that is, uh, so I built my my retro rocket. The video is hopefully coming out tomorrow, maybe on Friday. I am way behind schedule on production this week. Like I, I mentioned at the beginning of the video, it's been a long week. Um, I haven't spent hardly any time in my office. I uh, wasn't even sure I was going to do the show tonight, but here I am. But anyway, I saw this last week. I got super excited. I bid before I should have and and bid up the price a little further than it probably should have gone. But there was someone else watching it and uh, I think it had like seven bids on it in total. Like it was not- Probably your wife trying to get it right. for you. <laughs> right, exactly. Stupid guy. <laughs> Who is this 4chan? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but- uh... Who is this Kapla XX79? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Kapla1337. <laughs> Anyway, I won the auction for $26. Now, freaking FedEx uh, <laughs> quoted me at $25 shipping for what probably should be like $7.95. So this ended up costing me over $50 to have shipped. I was going to say about $60. Bucks. Yeah, yeah, it was 55 bucks all in. But wow. I now have the keyboard that I owned 27 years prior and That's never got sweet. to use. That's pretty sick. So I am super stoked on this. I also have uh, a surprise entry into this whole thing that I will not show until I unbox this. So there's even something more that I have that I haven't shown anyone yet. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. So stay, it's another TNG era accessory. Ooh. Is what I'm going to say. That's now, all I'm going to give you. You got me. I'm interested. Yeah. All right. Anyway. It is six past the hour of 10 o'clock, and I think that makes that a show. That's a show. Thank you all so much for watching episode, what is this, 218? 218 of Talking Heads. I'm just going to call it 218. I'm pretty sure that's right. Why not? 218 of Talking Heads. 
Join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time right here on YouTube for the latest in beer and tech news. Follow me on Twitter at Craft Computing if you want to keep up with daily shenanigans. Follow John at Hops and Brews on pretty much anything. Uh, John, you are back in business now. Do you want to plug anything you got going on? I am back in business. Uh, I got my new area going, so hopefully I'll be uh, starting back up again. I got the new, hopefully, maybe maybe a new studio, maybe might be doing a little bit more high-end stuff, maybe a whiskey thing, maybe, who knows, um, in the near future, maybe not right away, but you know, I'm gonna work on that. So yeah, subscribe to Hops and Brews if you like uh, a little bit more in-depth stuff of the beer content or weirder stuff. I do have some pretty cool, uh, I have a non-dry January video coming up if you're looking for that. I have a really cool scientific video coming up at the beginning of February. Nice. Um, are, uh, really looking forward to that one. Very cool. Yeah, if you like the beer content that we do on this channel, go check out Hops and Brews. Link is down in the video description to all of his relevant social media. Uh, as for me, uh, I do have a video coming out later this week. Like I said, my retro rocket build is pretty much complete at this point. In fact, I spent 90 minutes of my three-hour allotment for gaming each week playing the original Diablo 2 on period correct hardware. That was freaking sweet. <laughs> uh also been been jamming on uh, Sim Theme Park, uh, a, a weird game, uh, not by Maxis, but by Bullfrog, who was one of the production companies with uh, the Sims and and companies like that. So it's that not a, Maxis, that was a but it, tycoon. right? It's not Roller Coaster Tycoon, but uh, yeah, but yeah, it's it's a not Maxis, but Bullfrog uh, production. That's actually a pretty underrated game for the time period. It came out, I think, in '99. Been jamming on that one as well. That's a lot of fun. It's a, you know, theme park management thing, but it's very stylized and fully 3D rendered. You can ride the rides. It's great. Uh, so yeah, that's coming out later this week. Uh, as for us, join us every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Pacific time, right here for the latest in beer and tech news. And make sure to join the Discord. Join the Discord. Talk to us. We'll be in the after party. Uh, starting right. in about 20 minutes and we usually go till at least midnight sometimes later at least I do uh, so yeah if you want to talk directly with me on voice chat uh, I'll be live in the discord here in about 20 minutes so we'll see you all there and as always have a great